You're listening to How to Succeed in Evil, Crazy Psycho Murder Tree. Chapter 16, The Setup. Topper waited for 15 minutes and hadn't seen Mr. Dr. Cuttlefish come out when the door on the far wall opened and Edwin Windsor entered the lobby. As the tall man came in, he was forced to duck to avoid banging his head on the normal-sized doorframe. He straightened himself to his full height and said, Talmadge, so good to see you again. Won't you come in? Topper said, It's Toppa! Edwin smiled. Ah, very good. Then he turned ducked again and led the way back to his office. As Topper struggled to keep up with the taller man's stride, Edwin said, Please forgive our current accommodations. They are temporary and, as you can see, less than ideal. Where'd the squid go? He faded away out the back. I suggested he could use more brand exposure, but he was uncomfortable with the idea. Topper followed Edwin down a hallway of empty offices, each of them destroyed by someone who had walked directly through them. You remodeling? A client, said Edwin, offering no more explanation. At the end of the hallway, they came to a large central area where Agnes was on the phone, arranging for cleanup. You have already met Agnes, said Edwin. Uh, not exactly. Edwin raised an eyebrow to Agnes, and she, like a ship of the line acknowledging a signal flag from Admiral Nelson, raised one right back. Close enough, said Edwin, and he held his office door open so that Topper could enter. Topper found it disconcerting that no one acknowledged the giant gaping hole right beside the door. When Topper had gone in, Edwin bowed his head again and followed, closing the door. It was a corner office with windows on two sides. Edwin seated himself at his desk and gestured for Topper to sit. As he climbed into one of the club chairs, Edwin asked, Would you like something to drink? No said Topper. I'm fine. Are you certain? asked Edwin. Perhaps some tea. Sure, said Topper. Tea would be nice. And within moments, Agnes entered with tea service. Edwin took no tea, and the older woman poured the tea into a fine china cup and saucer and presented it to Topper. You're not gonna say anything mean to me? Certainly not. It would be impolite, she said, taking offense. Okay, okay, easy, said Topper. He blew on the tea and then took a sip. Do you like it? Agnes asked, hovering in a way that made Topper uncomfortable. It's delicious, thank you. Agnes waited until he took another sip and then she said, It's poisoned. Topper spit tea onto the rug. Edwin said, Thank you, Agnes, that will be quite enough. Did she poison my tea? Topper asked. Agnes did not look up as she gathered the tea service and said, Deadly poison. You've only fifty or so more years to live. I suggest you make the most of them. Thank you, Agnes, said Edwin. When she had gone, he added, Please try to ignore her. She is very protective. Of what? Topper asked, thoroughly confused. Of me, said Edwin. You seem to be big enough to take care of yourself. Ah, oh, well, Edwin said with a wave of his hand. She has been with me for many years, and we have far more pressing business than ancient history. Yeah, said Topper. So you need a lawyer? I need a very special kind of lawyer. Uh, so what exactly does an evil efficiency consultant do? The 
corrected Edwin. The what? The evil efficiency consultant. As far as I know, there is only one, and I am he. Okay, you rare, mythical, and lanky creature. What does the evil efficiency consultant do? For persons with superpowered abilities who are brave or creative enough not to be bound by the moral strictures of the common herd, I provide advice, counsel, and professional services. Strategy, positioning, branding, contract negotiations, booking arrangements are all within my purview. When my clients take my advice to heart, they become more successful. When they do not. He trailed off, staring out the window thoughtfully. So, uh, when they don't? prompted Topper. Unfortunate things happen. Eh, eh, said Topper. So as an attorney, an attorney that you're asking for advice, yes, I gotta tell you that providing advice and counsel to people who aren't bound by moral strictures sounds like it could turn into accessory to a crime or accomplice real quick. I am generally immune from such charges, as I can claim attorney-client privilege. Okay, so you're also an attorney. Then why are you talking to me? Because I am not a defense attorney. My interest is contracts. To be frank, I find legal argument to be tedious, counterproductive. I have the credentials, but neither the passion nor the gift. But you, you have both passion and gifts. You are the kind of man I can use. So you have a client that's been charged with a crime, or you believe is going to be charged with a crime. I have a roster of clients that are going to be charged with crimes. Topper hopped down from the chair and paced back and forth in front of the desk. Look, I get it. You're smart. You're tall. You're supposed to be in charge of things. But from down here, where me and the rest of the little people live, this looks like a disaster waiting to happen. You can't advise people to commit crimes and expect to get away with it. I mean, if they don't get you for accessory, they can come after you for some kind of kingpin thing, right? Argue that you were the shot caller, big baller, U-haul, or whatever it is the kids are calling it these days. They'll make the case that people listen to you, and therefore you are the dark heart and creamy center of a criminal conspiracy. Edwin sighed. Sadly, I, I fear you overestimate my efficacy. My clients pay me for my advice, one way or another, but so rarely do they listen, truly listen, and take my advice to heart. It only takes once. I mean, you get that, right? I never advise my clients to simply break the law. Violence and simple theft are inefficient and always the hallmark of an uncreative mind, the last refuge of the incompetent. But I am not engaging you for my defense. And, when things go well... You will not need to defend my clients either. Okay, so I'm a defense attorney. I defend people. I am inviting you to grow into something more. From the Code of Hammurabi on down, the law and later the illusion of the social contract was developed with a universe of basically equal creatures in mind. While one may be twice or three times as smart as another man, there were never any men who could move or fly objects with their mind or perfectly blend into their surroundings as, Edwin winced as he said the name, Dr. Cuttlefish can. So I gotta ask, wouldn't everybody involved respect themselves more if he just called himself the chameleon? asked Topper. A good thought, but there was a trademark conflict. Ah, said Topper really thinking that this wasn't the job for him. This dramatic evolution 
or perhaps devolution, of humanity has changed everything. One of the many things it has done is created spaces within the law, where the existing code and court cases have not caught up with the present reality. The kind of gap which you so brilliantly exploited with Mr. Gerlach. You played it one way for the sentencing, and then another for the trial. Yeah, but you saw what happened. Good defense attorney is one thing, but the guys that I get off, if they start immediately offing people, I mean, that's not much of a career. Some might view that as job security, said Edwin, but in principle, there is nothing criminal about my enterprise. What we do here at Windsor & Associates is find ways to harness the powers of remarkable people. For good? asked Topper. No, 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 said Edwin with a smile. Nothing so Pollyanna. We help people harness their abilities for profit. But sadly, the law has become little more than what is convenient for the rich and powerful. The business models I suggest are often highly disruptive to established interests, so that they cast my clients as criminals in an attempt to thwart progress and the efficient production and allocation of capital. Aha, <laughs> said Topper. So are you going to put me on retainer or what? Whatever you like said Edwin. For a guy who says he likes contracts, that's awful loose. I have a special client for you to help me with, one that you are uniquely qualified to negotiate with. What's the play? I want you to find this client and get him, yes, I, I suppose him would be the pronoun, to sign a professional services contract. And what if he doesn't want to play ball? This client is hardly in a position to refuse my offer. Wait, what's going on here? And what do I get? I have an especially lucrative business model already designed for this client. He has the skill set ideal to fill this niche, and we only need to sign him in order to reap a significant profit. What I propose is that you receive 3% of the firm's earning from this client. Who is this guy? And what do I have to do to get him to sign? You really don't know? I was only talking in euphemisms because I thought you already knew. It is your client, currently escaped, and at large. What? said Topper. No, there's no way. You're kidding. This is some kind of test. A sick joke, right? Who is it, really? I believe his current alias is The Bogus. There's no friggin' way.